On this episode, we had the opportunity to sit down and chat with the father-son team of Dan and Micah Hoffman of Portland, Oregon. The reason we wanted to sit down with them is that they do a lot of work in the automotive space, and they had a lot of great information to share. We talked about how they approach new clientele in the automotive space, the concept of walking the lot and what that means to them. We talked about pricing strategies. We talked about how recurring work is the name of the game in the automotive space and the importance of not treating every dealer the same. Dan also mentions how reading the book How to Win Friends and Influence People changed the way he approaches sales in general. It was a wonderful conversation and we hope you find value in it. Cheers. Okay, so I have the pleasure of sitting with the father-son team of uh, Micah and Dan Hoffman. And uh, an extra added pleasure that we usually record these podcasts over the phone, but you guys happen to be in Calgary for some uh, advanced training, the light upholstery training. So we get to do this live and in person. So thanks for taking some time. You bet. Yeah. It's great. Um, Before we start, how's the light upholstery course going? Excellent. Okay. Learning a lot of stuff, a lot of new ideas, different tweaks on different things we currently do. It's coming along good. Like it. It's just tips and tricks, which has been awesome because it's one of those that, you know, you get the little inconsistencies here and there and you want to fix them. And this is kind of helping us do that. Yeah. So you guys had been doing some, what we refer to as light upholstery, some, you know, stitch repair, foam replacement kind of stuff. Correct. We've been doing that probably for a good six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then full on upholstery, you said you have some people you refer work to. We have people that work for us and do that. So we all do all the tear down <clears throat> and all of the laborious work ourselves. Got it. So they just do the stitch work and do the panel replacements or whatever needs to be done in that arena. Cool. So okay. this is hopefully going to help us speed things along with tear down and taking apart furniture. Good. So. And speed equals money in this game. Yes, so. yeah. exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So um, a couple months ago, we had a conversation about five new sales calls. And there were a bunch of things that you said in that that 15 minutes that we had that uh, I want to expand upon in this recording. So the first one had to do with your, the work that you guys are doing in automotive, um, the automotive industry in period, you know, just period. So um, I know you've been in the game for a while, but you're also at a point you're, you're still gaining new customers. Correct. Right? So yes. let's talk first about the approach you take to sales in getting customers in the automotive space right now. What are some of the things you do to strategize to, to get your foot in the door and then eventually get the work? Can you just kind of step us through your game plan? Sure. A lot different than back in the nineties when you just went in and showed them what you could do and impress them. And hopefully it was better than the last guy that did it. You know, today uh, a lot of your dealers want financial they, they, they're wanting the cheapest sure. and the fastest. Yeah. Uh, so we don't always go after those kind of dealerships ourselves. I've been in the industry doing dealership work and automotive work now for 22 years. So We can kind of nitpick. Yeah, we can Cheers. pick what we want to do. Right. So a lot of times when I'm looking at a dealer, uh, I don't look at it as a cold call. I look at it as who's in the dealership that I already know. Uh, we get a lot of dealerships that we already have somebody in the background that we know. Right. I will use that as my in-source to getting in mm-hmm. to the other aspects of that dealership first. Yeah, I remember you saying salespeople move from dealership to dealership. Yes. So that, that's what you're referring to? Not just salespeople, but managers. managers. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, a, a general manager of one store can move to another store and be a sales manager. Right. Or vice versa, be a used car manager. Right. Or be a service manager. Right now, I've got one on my radar that I've been thinking about for about two months. Okay. And, and I'll just to share with you the aspect of what I'm going to do to get into that dealership. Okay. It is a, a Toyota dealership. Okay. And the service manager came from another dealership of mine. He brought in a full-time service advisor who's a good friend of mine that I've worked with for about 15 years. Okay. And he brought in two technicians that I've worked with for over 15 years that are also working there. Perfect. So I've got warm leads waiting for them to feel comfortable where they're at. Mm -hmm. So what I will do is I will offer my services back with them through the service department, showing the service department what we're capable of doing over and above a competitor who I know very well out there. And then I will get the referral base to the office or the head office hopefully to somebody in used car management and be able to show them what I can do. Okay. And once you show them the work quality of what we can do over the com competition, it's typically a no-brainer. And are you relying on photos at that point, or are you doing a, um, a live repair to show we'll them? We'll do a live repair. Lots of times it's word of mouth, though. So yeah. Service will say something to sales, and sales will go, oh, well, that's better than what we've got. And then they'll contact us, or service will be like, hey, this week sales said they wanted to use you. Stop on in on Wednesday afternoon. The manager's here. He wants to talk to you, sort of thing. Okay. So, which kind of happened a couple of months ago. Um, so, it was one of those that that's kind of how it worked. Cool. So, yeah. yeah, and that was a, that was something that happened since the last conversation <clears throat> we had, where I did have a dealer, had warm leads in there, but mm -hmm. the general manager didn't like the fact that we were charging a certain amount per car. It was way above his average. So I said it's unrealistic for us to do that. Yeah. So they moved through too many managers, and on top of that, they came in with a manager that was open to it. Mm -hmm. So the sales manager and the service manager got together, brought me in, introduced me, and the guy essentially said, hey, if you're the guy, then I want to use you. Okay. And we started doing about twelve to $1,500 a week. Okay. So no problem. Okay. But it's a warm lead, okay? Your cold leads are a little bit different, you know? I like that thought, though, that who do I know is the first question. Mm -hmm. You know, who can we... Uh, who can we use on the inside kind of thing? That's that's the main thing when you're dealing with automobile dealerships. Because yeah. um, people move around. They move people all the move time. And you, when you don't burn bridges, that's how it... Yeah. That's it's one of those when you, don't, when you do burn bridges, you have to start new. And when you don't, then they're like, hey, this is the guy I used at the last dealership I was at. He was great. Why don't we try using him here? Yeah. And it goes a lot smoother because a GM is going to trust his used car sales manager more than... A guy saying, hey, I can do it all your interior sort of thing. Sure. It's a lot smoother. Got that internal referral. Yeah. Yes. Basically, yeah. Okay. What about plain cold calls? You know, going in, what's your approach then? How do you deal well, with Well, let's go back to what we... You should do it. <laughs> what, what's the year? Uh, let's go back to what we discussed on our last one, which is uh, I, I, I don't go in expecting work the first call. I just don't do that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I want to find out... You know, if it's completely cold, I know nobody there, which is very, very rare in this industry anymore. Uh, I will find the right person to talk to. I'll probably get only a minute of his time, but enough for me to at least find out from him a name. You know, what his... Is he a used car manager, general manager, who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I might even go in a, a little bit different. I might even go to the service department first. Okay. Because they're usually more open to good quality people. So if I can go into the service department and show them that we can offer them 
above standard of service and quality be there for them a lot more, mm -hmm. they're more apt to pay for our quality of service. Mm -hmm. So we're giving them both. We're giving them service quality, and they're going to pay a little bit more for it, but we're going to be there. Okay, and service departments want that. Well, and service deals directly with customers. So the last thing they need is a customer sitting there at their counter yelling at them saying, hey, you guys didn't get the repair done like I wanted it sort of thing. Whereas sales doesn't really care as much. They just want the car off a lot. Right? Yeah. So that's the difference. Okay. So depending on how I feel about the dealership is depending on where I'm going to go. Because quite honestly, this Toyota dealer is not really a warm lead. I've never been there before. Okay. So I'm going to go into the service department where somebody I know can refer me. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but if I'm not getting a referral, then I just want to introduce myself. I'll leave them a card, and most likely they're going to throw it away. But I'm going to make sure they saw the van. They saw me. I made an impression, and typically at six foot seven, I do. <laughs> and and I've left my card. Um, not necessarily telling them everything I do, mm -hmm. just telling them, hey, I'd like to be your interior guy. You know, what are you doing now? What What's happening? Mm -hmm. What do you like to sell? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the vehicles you have? What are the quality of services that you expect? You know, usually it's in that second or third call that I'm going to try to get in there and find out what they're not getting serviced with. And okay. that's the inroad. Okay, find the pain points. Find the pain yeah. points because somebody's taking care of everything, but there's always one or two things that's not being taken care of. Yeah. There's something that they don't do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Didn't so. show up on the day they said they would show up. Right. Didn't, right. Okay. Or they don't do plastics. Yeah. Or they don't do very good cloth repairs. Okay. Or they don't take care of headliners. Okay. There's always yeah. something the dealer's not being... And when you get to that pain threshold or find out that, oh, you can do that, I said, by the way, why don't you let me go walk your lot? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that works. Yeah. It's okay. money in the bank. Because at that point, they're going, oh, well, you can do that and what the other guy doesn't do. Okay, well, why don't you just do a whole car for me and let's see what it turns out like. And then from there, you're... Now you got something to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you got them hooked. And explain fully the, the concept of walk the lots. So that's you guys going from car to car, mm -hmm. making a list of, mm -hmm. of what work that needs to be done, going back and talking about it kind of thing? Correct. Or? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Walking the lots is, uh, I mean, it's just that. We don't... Um, a lot of training, depending on who's training you, will tell you just go walk a lot arbitrarily. Um, the lot, to me, the lot doesn't belong to me. Um, I am coming in as a, as a new subcontractor looking for work, so it's essentially in the states. It's respect. It's showing respect to your dealer, saying, you know what, I'm not about to go out there and rip them a new one for using somebody that's real poor. That's just respect. It's their lot, not mine, right? So um, it's kind of like private property, you know, and, and that's, I've always gone in with that game plan and it's never, ever uh, backfired okay. because once I'm introduced to the fact that, yes, please go walk my lots, then I'm being allowed to go do that. And that way, all of a sudden the rapport is, oh, this guy cared enough. He didn't just go do it arbitrarily. Okay. He actually asked for it. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, so... What happens when you walk the lot, you come back, you've got a list of, you know, possible repairs to mm -hmm. do. Um, how do you start establishing price guidelines and stuff like that? What's the next step? Pricing guidelines is very difficult okay. uh, because we have a dealer that's close to home and that dealer services our particular vehicles. So that dealer gets a different pricing break than some of my other dealers. Uh, we package prices. Right. We also, we also price, uh, price max cars 
So we'll actually do a max amount on some vehicles uh, or on the whole dealership. Like one of our dealerships that we work for, uh, we work twice a week for, and we only charge no more than $295 on any given car, which could include panel replacements on a seat or a door panel take home, take apart, build, and come back. It can include all that stuff. Projects worth up to $600. We just cap it at Two ninety five. Okay. 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 So there's there's some real volume discount. There's volume discounts, yeah. but generally speaking, he gives us all the work. Right. So if we write three things, say, all cloth seats for ninety five bucks, stains and removal. Yeah. Okay. A headliner has a bunch of stains in it. That's sixty five. You know, generally speaking, if it's a whole headliner, it's ninety five. Okay. And say a door panel has some scratches on it, and we charge maybe forty five or fifty five. Okay. Well, right there, let's say it's fifty five one twenty. You're looking at two o five. Okay, then we discount that dealer because you put three items together, we discount them 20%. And he gets a jobber pricing. Okay. He gets wholesale to begin with, but then he gets jobber as a max because we're already in the car. Got it. We don't okay. have to move it three or four times. Right. Okay. 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 Um, we've always kept a lot of our pricing. Our pricing hasn't moved a whole lot in the last six or seven years. Okay. Our pricing structure has been discounted when they do volume on the car, anytime they do two or more items on the car. And because of our speed in doing the work, it's changed. We're making more money on them, but we're also working faster on them than what we used to. Got it. That's important too. Techniques. It? It's right. very much about techniques. Yeah, you don't want a, a two hundred dollar job taking no. you ten hours. I, I can tell you this from my experience with a couple of managers. We have one manager, and you're talking about pricing. How do you deal with pricing? How do you structure? They pricing? all take differently. There's Everybody. something that makes them tick. That's every right. Time. Every guy is completely different. You will never know from one dealer to the next what makes him tick. And that's always a give and take and playing the game for a couple, three months until you figure them out. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is a given. We have a manager we work for. You can't put any pricing breaks on there and you can't put any packages. But any one item cannot be over $95. You can put three items on there, 95, 65, and 45, and he'll give them all to you. But if I package them and put 175 discounted price, his mind explodes. His yeah, mind yeah. explodes. Okay. Even if you're telling him, even if it comes out to be less than your 95, 65, and 45, he'll still say no to it. And you're like, I don't understand. But he'd be, he'd be but more everything, happy. Yeah, but everything under $100, he's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And that's so he'll pay the 205, but he won't pay the 175. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Hey, so that's what I'm saying is that each individual, depending on what you're doing, you know, you, you got you are doing wholesale work. You have to remember that okay. the pricing structure that Fibernew follows in generalisms does not work for dealership work. Okay. Okay. So that leads into the next line of question because you guys always go into dealerships thinking the recurring revenue, correct, or, or the you know the wholesale kind of pricing mm -hmm. model. What are some of the steps you, you take to get there? What are some of the things you say to set yourself up for that? Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to, to get a strategy out of you in terms of you know, how you approach all that. So you're looking for how do we build a long-term... Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you do that walk the lot the first yeah. time, you bring you know, your, your list, list back to right. them. What's the step from kind of like setting up, you know, like I'm, I'm in this area... Every couple of weeks, should I just stop in, kind of thing? What are some of the oh, things okay. you say? Yeah, I mean, well, the first thing is you got to make them happy. You got to keep them happy. And if it's one of those, like they're like, "Hey, 
Wednesday morning is a great time for you to come in. You say, okay, I make Wednesday mornings work. And you always go in to get your approvals Wednesday morning. Whether you do that and do the work right after or you say, hey, look, I got another dealer I got to go to. I'll be back to finish the work tonight. Most of the time they're fine with it. Right. Um, but the mainstays, you got to keep them happy. Um, and it, as long as you find what makes them tick and you keep them happy, I mean, you're there for the long run. And if you go over and above and you give them a freebie every now and then, you go, hey, this car only had, it's a 15 or a 16 with 5,000 miles. The only thing I found wrong with it is I need to clean the steering wheel. I'll just do it for free. Okay. You do things like that that say no charge. And mentally they're going, okay, well, I'm still getting deals. I'm still coming off. You know, I'm still getting the better end of the deal sort of thing. You know. Goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And, And you don't make them a big, you don't make them a big deal your work shouldn't be a big deal in their day, right? Approvals shouldn't be an, a, an ordeal, right? Right? They got other stuff to do. So it's like, hey, I already walked a lot. This is what you got going on. Do you want to walk with me real quick? Quickly, here's what you got going on. You know, you make it something that's simple. And they're like, okay, where's your list? What can I do? What do I not need to do? You make it simple. You make it quick. You make it easy. You keep them happy. So are you taking pictures as you're walking the lot and then you show them when you go back? Some dealers it? we do. Okay. Um, the one dealer we work Monday and Thursday there's things where he's super, I mean, the man shows up at 5.30 every morning okay. sort of thing, and he's doing work all day long. Bringing pictures, so in that way you go, hey, this is what I mean when I say this dash is damaged. Here's the dash. Okay. He doesn't have to spend five minutes to walk out to see one single dash to walk all the way back into his office. Yeah. He just saw the dash. So he goes, okay, two cars down, the dash was damaged. It's probably going to look something similar to that. Got it. Other dealers, so. they don't care. You know, they're like, hey. A, a dirty seat's a dirty seat. A, a repair's a repair. Once again, it's what makes them tick. Right. So you just kind of feel them out, and you go, hey, you know, if they keep questioning you on stuff, it's a good sign you take pictures, or you walk the lot with them until they get comfortable with what you're writing and what you mean. Yeah. Um, Build a relationship. Yeah. And you just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And you just kind of... I'm thinking back easy. to asking permission to walk the lot first. I don't imagine most people would be cool with somebody just showing up and taking pictures of all their cars, mm-hmm. you know, out of the blue. So if and you have that, you, there's vendors that do that. There and are. they literally walk into the office and say, hey, this is my name. This is all that's wrong with your cars. And they look yeah. at me like, who are you? Who are you and why were you looking at my cars? Right. And it's okay. not the right foot to start on. Okay. You know? So the thing I'm hearing throughout this is that... Um, it's it's always got to be about perpetual work in automotive, to 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 make a go of it, right? Yeah. To, right. Don't be caught up on you know doing thirty and forty dollar repairs and thinking that's way too low. That's not worth my time. I'm going to walk. Right. Do thirty and forty dollar repairs, but do it consistently all the time, right? right. Yeah. Okay. You'll see the pricing structure change when they feel comfortable with you. If you have to go in. If you have to go in for a month and do every repair for twenty five bucks, but you got five repairs in that car, yeah, then that's one hundred and twenty five bucks, right? And that's just one dealer of how many you can. Yeah. Up. Okay. So okay. each dealer is going to be a little bit different. I one of my problems, my own personal problems, when I started working for dealerships, was I felt that every dealer had to be treated the same. Okay. That is a total misnomer. It's wrong. Okay. By me. Do tell. And, and here's <laughs> why. Learned. Yeah, lesson learned. Right. You start treating them all the same, and each one's going to give you a different pushback all the time. Okay. You have to learn personalities. And one of the, the books, um, what's the book I read? It's um, 
How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's correct. How to Win Friends and Influence People. One of the that's best the whole books. Basis of the, yeah. That's the whole basis of this business. Okay. Uh, for everything we do in this business. But it works. Yeah. And I utilize that source of income, uh, of information, right. as an income for money. Okay. And I took that to heart when I work with dealers. Okay. There's probably a, not a dealer... Um, excuse me, person out there in the dealership that I work with that I don't know more about them than they know about me. Because <laughs> I'm close. Const- talk about boats. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. If they, you know, you know, they have hobbies and stuff, you talk to them about I, that. I know about one and, and his, 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 his wife's <clears throat> battle with cancer, his father-in-law's battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what he has for a hobby. I know he likes martial arts. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know all that stuff about me. Right. But I don't care. So how do you start to get that conversation going? You know, for those who haven't read How to Win Friends. You know, um, that that conversation, that's the personal part of it. And it comes actually from the business part of it. It's asking them, well, how was your sales weekend? How did it go? Oh, I wasn't here this weekend. Oh, what'd you do? Okay. There you go. Boom. You got it. Okay. Oh, my two days off was Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, Riley, what kind of things do you like to do in your off time? Right? So, and it doesn't have to be anything more than two or three sentences. Don't overload them trying to get personal information about them. What you're trying to build is not just rapport, but a business friendship. And we have have a couple of people that are some of our best friends that are in in this industry, you know, that I can just call up and and say, hey, I need this, this, and this, and he'd be right there, you know. And that's aside from work. Right. So um, you don't know what kind of friendships you're going to build in the dealership world. It's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you it's not. It's It can be very, very difficult, and it'll tear you apart if you don't know what you're doing. It's a little cliche to say, but uh, business is personal. Yeah. And it, yeah. So uh, the name of the game is read how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. <laughs> a lot will fall into place. Yes. With, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You should do a lot more. a lot of trailers and RVs. That, that was my next question. Let, let's talk outside of... Like cars, yeah. but still in automotive. What are you guys doing there? Yeah. yeah. So we moved. We moved into. Uh, uh, we've been doing RVs for a long time. Okay. But about four or five years ago, the place up by us called Johnson RV has uh, been moving used RVs, A class, which is a mm-hmm. full motorhome, yeah. B class, which are the small van style uh, motorhomes, yeah. and C class, which is your van or truck front. With the attachment the Mercedes on the back. or the Chevy or the Ford van. Yeah, right. the big, yeah. big yeah. vans. Okay. Right? So those are your C-class. Well, they they essentially take these used units and build them back to new again. Right. So we're doing all sorts of, we got two trailer accounts, full-size, all, all sorts of trailers. Okay. Fifth wheels, travel trailers, small trailers, campers. everything, campers, okay. all of that stuff. And then we've got this full-on motorhome account. And they give us carte blanche, everything that needs to be done. Just do it and get it done. Okay. And full upholstery. You know, if it can be repaired, please repair it. If it can't, then upholstery. Get it done. Okay. So that's what yeah. you do for a workout or do it. Well, we, or we take it all is, apart. Right? Having upholstery. Yeah. 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 And then we do all the yeah the putting it back together. But so. if it's plastic components or vinyl or whatever, yeah, they just want it done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, because yeah. their their motto is premium pre-owned RVs, so they want to make them like new as as much as possible okay. so they'll do what they have to to make them new um to to make that 10 15 20 grand on their sale yeah. they're, they're willing to spend a, a few lot. hundred bucks is yeah. not a big deal for yeah. Yeah. a few yeah. hundred even a few thousand yeah. yeah i mean they don't blink an eye you know they look at what they brought it in for what their what the ticket price is and they go okay we got enough cushion 
do what you need to do. It's not uncommon for us to charge anywhere from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. on a given job. Okay. And that's going and doing multiple repairs, yeah. whatever it takes yeah. kind of situation. Cool. Yeah. Full okay. recovers, yeah. full scenes. Yeah. And most of the time that's what it ends up being. Okay. Uh, yeah, the avenue, just just to kind of expound on that, and, and I want people to understand, there's, there is this avenue that we now have, and it is called the Seat Shop. And it is amazing because we just did a B-Class RV that we were able to actually order up seat covers okay. and replace the bad ones that were on them because they were not repairable. And they were of a type of material we could not not only find, mm-hmm. we couldn't repair it. Okay. So we were able to recover the seats, modify the covers a little bit, and make them work. Cool. And... You know, the seats cost me four hundred bucks in covers, and they I charge the customer a thousand. So, there's some money to be made too. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. fantastic. Okay, right on. Um, You guys do. uh, I mean, obviously, we're talking about automotive stuff, but let's just segment that because you're also doing furniture as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how does that work schedule-wise? Furniture in comparison to automotive. Um, are you guys slipping furniture That's why in? We have multiple people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does makes, automotive take precedence, or what? what or is it just whatever works? It, it, automotive and RV do, do take precedence. Okay. For sure. I think that we definitely go that route first. It's our bread and butter. Done, that's what we've done for 22 years, so that's yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. So uh, on the advice and the and the coaching from Paul Gingris and, and Al Kernjack, I've made some adjustments in our business model to develop the furniture field yeah. over the last six to eight months. Okay. Um, I've done some more field testing of rather than charging for a service call, go out and meet the customer, see what it needs, especially if it's a job you know is going to be over four or $500. It's the smaller ones that I can bid over, you know, cell phone or yeah. seeing pictures, it's a little different. Then depending on how that programs out, uh, and, and we work down through the ladder of information with them, if they decide to go with it, then yes, the scheduling can become a lot of hairy-carry. Yeah. Uh, because some of these jobs that we're doing, like we did one the other day, was a four- or five-hour job, and if I didn't have a fourth person, which I just brought on for myself, I would have had to take my third person away from Micah, yeah. who had all of the work necessary that he could handle, plus needing another person by mm-hmm. working the auto dealership. Okay. Okay. So it it is become really logistically tight trying to do both two vans, four people, making it work. Okay. So we are in the midst of putting on another van, and our our next gambit per se, our next move, is to utilize my third person in the RV per in the RV world because that's his forte. Okay. Even though he might be slower than the both of us. As long as he's set there, can do the work and work through it day by day. Keeping the, the week, clients happy. Keeping the clients happy. Yeah. It's better than just showing up one day a week and trying to get Try four to get or five units done when then, you know, the person who's doing the sold units goes, oh, hey, I forgot to mention, we got a repair and the, the yeah. unit goes out tomorrow afternoon. I need that. And you're like, well, yeah. I got six used units I got to get through today. Yeah. It's just he's there. He can do it. And, yeah. And yeah. It, as long as we're plugging away, it makes makes things a lot easier. So it'll allow us with the furniture stuff to schedule a lot better. Uh, and that's where I'm, that's my biggest thing right now is scheduling yeah. is, is making sure because there's a whole lot more to scheduling than people say. We don't, we don't just advertise a quote by email. I just don't do that. Let's go back to the beginning of what we talked about. I feel, and based on some of the things that Al and I have discussed, mm-hmm. that if you build rapport with that customer to the point they feel that you're their friend, 
you're going to sell whatever job you want to sell. And I will try. That's my challenge. I love to sell. So if I can sell it, that's not a problem. I've got too much work now as it is. It's trying to figure out how to get it all done. continually selling. It's becoming a problem. There's not (laughs) enough days in the week. Yeah. Right. And then especially with furniture jobs because then you got huge sectionals. Yeah. You've got, it's going to take nine, ten hours to do and you've already got a full load. I got an art. You're booked out already. Yeah. 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 And I've got an upholster telling me, you got to wait, you got to hold. We've got too much stuff coming in. Okay. You know. It's just terrible problems. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Guys, this has been great. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I think well that covered the three big things. Unless right. there's more you want to you know expand upon, but no, I I think I would say to those out there that are really looking at the auto or the RV field and they really haven't haven't structured their business in that area, mm-hmm. and they've been structuring it more in the upholstery and, and furniture, that you can't be afraid of it. It's it's what teaches you the basics of this business, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that. 80 to 90% of what we do every day is fiber new repair and restore. And that makes the most profit. Mm -hmm. So stay mobile, stay out there and and do that work. And you'll be as highly profitable as any of the other businesses. No, I mean, two things that come to mind is it's great practice and it's money to be had. Uh, Even if you just do furniture, you know, it's, it's still practice for the leather on your furniture. You know, when you got a Mercedes seat to work on, still the same thing. Yeah. Um, and it's great practice because you can blend dye. You can practice with dyes, repairs, you know, and it's, it's you know, you get good at it and it's good money too. Yeah. So, One thing that Jingra uh, said in, the, in that sales podcast was one thing to think about is just assume the sale because mm-hmm. eventually they're going to need you, whether That's it's a dealership exactly. or a furniture store. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't get it, the first or third or fourth or fifth time, you know, you, you can somewhat assume the sale that they'll eventually come around and, and use Or their it. guy has gone on vacation. Yeah. And we've got him that way yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. That's actually one thing is that I remember you talking about the, the repeat business, mm-hmm. or sorry, the repeat sales call to get the business. Mm-hmm. What's your strategy there? Are you is it like a, a weekly thing? Do you wait two weeks? Or I usually, is it, again, just feel it out. It's it's basically by feel. If yeah. they're warm enough, I'll go back the next week. If it's kind of a cold shoulder, I'll wait a couple of weeks. Okay, you know, okay. and it, mm-hmm. you, you, or a new month. Yeah, because if it's a bad month, sometimes those guys will just be off for a yeah. couple of weeks. Right, and you'll literally get the same attitude. Right, come to a new sales month, they're doing good, and it's a completely different manager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Probably don't go in on the last two days of the month. It's a general rule. Correct. <laughs> and don't go in on Mondays. Mondays <laughs> after a weekend are really rough. Yeah. yeah. Great weekends. It's a great day to go yeah. in. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, midweek can yeah. always be your best options for sales calls on those. Yeah. Fridays tend to get real busy getting ready for the weekends. Right. Especially if you're just doing a sales call. Right. They're not going to have a lot of time for you on a Friday. Right. And Monday, they're, they're taking care of all their trade-ins, and they're constantly busy just trying to catch up from the weekend. Okay. So, Good advice. Yeah. Fantastic. Guys, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Definitely. Okay. Appreciate it.